Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are back with season four. Season four, out Woo! the door. Um, if you guys have been listening to us for a while, you know that we are now kind of embarking on the fourth season of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we're still talking about the new season, which we're very excited about on mm-hmm. Twitter and other places. Yep. Um, so we've taken a couple weeks off and we're really excited to be back to talk about season four. I don't know about you, Tess. I mean, I am. I'm very excited to be talking about season four. (laughs) Very excited. She's so excited. She's Mm. smiling like really big. I'm so excited. Um, if we sound a little different this week, listeners, it's because we have a shiny new microphone. It's literally so shiny. Tess, do the Vanna White with the microphone. Oh, look at it. It's beautiful. You can't see it, but she's doing... I wish you could see me doing (laughs) my Vanna White for you. She's doing such great Vanna White. And, yes. and the best part about this is that it's not going to sound like I'm interrupting Tess as often as I really am. Hopefully. Probably. Probably not. Probably not. There's probably going to be too much, and I won't be able to get it all out. Yeah, probably. So for, like, verisimilitude's sake. That's okay. But thank you. Special thank you to our Patreon mm-hmm. patrons, because without you, we would not be able to afford the fancy schmancy shiny new microphone. <laughs> and we appreciate you. Yes. So thank you. You're wonderful. If you're like, Patreon, you guys have a Patreon. We will tell you about that at the end of the show. You have to listen to the whole episode first. Yeah. We're real teases. Yes. <laughs> wink, wonk. All right. Why don't I uh, describe the episode that we just watched? Okay. And then we will just get right into it. Sounds good. Uh, so this episode is called The Third Wheel Gets the Grace. Will returns from vacation to discover Grace's romantic relationship with neighbor Nathan, guest star Woody Harrelson, is humming along. But Nathan feels neglected when Will and Grace resume their chummy friendship, complete with their own private language and code. That's a long description. I love how it, like, makes it sound like Will and Grace have, like, literally their own language. Uh-huh. But, like, they just do the thing that we do a lot, which is that we don't even have to finish each other's... Mm-hmm. Sentences. Yeah. <laughs> we don't finish each other's sandwiches. We're very possessive about our sandwiches. Well, Matthew is more possessive. I just don't eat that many sandwiches. Oh, you never eat leftovers. Hey, I ate leftovers for dinner tonight. And you complained about it the whole time. Well, they weren't great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we get into the episode proper, um, I'm sure you've all been eagerly awaiting this, but as Tess has been threatening for several weeks, this is the season where Will and Grace does not acknowledge that 9-11 is a thing. <laughs> Matthew says this because, like, in our personal lives, I have, like, a kind of, sort of, like, like, fixation on 9-11. Like, I think it really traumatized me as a child. Let's not call it a sort of fixation. Okay, I have, like, a genuine fixation on 9-11. I think it... Seriously traumatized me as a child, and I just... That's the Fredo Osama Bin Laden. He's terrifying. I am aware that he's a dead person, but his physical face scares me. (laughs) But I think, like many people, when I become afraid of something, I have to learn everything about it. So I know just, like, a ton of useless stuff about 9-11. And among the things that I know about 9-11 is that of the 15 shows that were currently on the air when the September 11th attacks in 2001 happened... Eight of them did not address 9-11. The infamous eight. And there's actually a pretty famous quote from David Cohen on why they chose not to address it. Um, Tell me more. So yeah, David Cohen, who's one of the creators of Will and Grace, specifically stated in a New York Times article that broaching the terrorist attacks in a sitcom would only trivialize them. Which, like, on the one hand, makes sense. On the other hand, kind of, like, glossed over this, like, terrifying national moment that literally everyone had. Mm-hmm. And, like, while I'm sure there was definitely something to be said for like just getting back to normal life and laughing at silly things like will and grace it does feel really weird watching this like 15 years later Mm -hmm. to like know that this thing had happened and everyone was just like 
But the Barney sale. Right. It's just, it's a little bit of a jarring, and I guess from a long-term perspective, they probably in a certain sense made the right decision. Because if you mm-hmm. caught this episode on a rerun or something, you would never think, oh, that's the episode after 9-11. Right. But that's the thing is like, unfortunately, it does kind of ex- exist in the zeitgeist as that's the episode after 9-11. Like you also, everyone knows about like the Friends plot lines that had to get changed last minute mm-hmm. because of the terrorist attacks. Like there was originally a whole shtick about airport security and bombs. I mean, Will and Grace literally just did an airport security episode. Like the chronologically last episode yes. we just saw features in- Grace being like, oh, I love to just like, deliberately like tie spoons in my bra right deliberately trigger like all of the things that happen at airports so that they can catch me and fill me up with the spoons in my bra right and then cut to like literally three months later when this show is about to come back on the air and i think we later actually read that they don't actually air that bit in its entirety because of the attacks yes i believe so i believe in syndication that bit is cut down in reruns and syndication because it does kind of feel insensitive immediately following 9-11 to like make a bunch of jokes at the tsa's expense Mm -hmm. because like 9-11 they they don't fucked up (laughs) (laughs) not that it's their fault the rules were wrong but they don't fucked up (laughs) so that's our our chat about the 9-11 episode for a 9-11 episode kind of it's yeah, not very 9-11, which yeah, is smart, I guess. Which is, is kind of smart. And the, I think that some of the criticism that the show has received is mostly because, like, shows like Friends and Sex and the City that, like, didn't a- directly address the attack still had, like, small references to it. Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, an I Love NYC episode of um, right. Sex and the City. There was, like, uh, a running gag in that whole season in Friends where, like, the um, magnet board that they have in Joey and Chandler's apartment had, like, a bunch of, like positive messages for like the fire department and stuff so right. like like it's it's it was referenced whereas in will and grace it's just not it's just, acknowledged they just pretend like it didn't happen mm-hmm. like i kind of think a little bit that will and grace exists in the um in the portlandia universe until season eight when then it does like somehow magically shift into our timeline right and then in the current season we're like it's really realistic and trump is president but also like Will and Grace were both in, like, painful, loveless marriages for the last 15 years? Okay. Okay. Well, but anyway. We'll get... We'll talk about that more later. So the actual episode itself, I thought was really great. Oh, my God. This episode... As- aside from all that. Yeah. This episode's actually a super solid episode of a sitcom. Like, it's it's really great. It, it kind of gets to, like, the quintessential Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's a really enjoyable episode. It's very funny. Their relationship is... It's, it's like... It's... It's like butter melting on toast. It's perfection. <laughs> like, it's just it's a really good episode. Um, and it starts off really great in a way that I personally really relate <laughs> to because this is the thing that Matthew and I do to each other sometimes. Okay. Which is uh, Will climbs into bed with Grace when he gets home from his trip to Paris. As one does. As one does. And they just have this whole long conversation. And then halfway through the conversation, haha, it is revealed that Nathan has been there the whole time. <laughs> it's actually a little bit like the pilot where, like, you see Will and Grace being very intimate together, and you're like, ha, 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 they're gay and girl. It's, yes. it's the natural evolution. Like, now gay and girl have a boyfriend. Yes. Well, sometimes the gay and the girl have to get a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We've all tried it. We've all it. been there. We've all made that mistake. We've all tried it. <laughs> We've all made that mistake. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. I like that uh, Will and Grace are especially in sync this episode. Yes, they are. Like, it's it's been kind of a common thread that when they come back from a break... That Will and Grace are fighting, or Will and mm-hmm. Grace have been separated for a while, and like 
They've been separated, but now their connection is stronger than ever, and I love that. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. Like, there are several scenes where they're just literally so in sync they don't have to finish sentences at all. Like, I was kind of surprised we didn't get a pyramid segment, only because, like, that's, like, the quintessential, like, Will and Grace have clicked. Yes. Moment, you know? But, like, it was almost like they were so in sync we didn't even need them to. Mm -hmm. Like, their entire conversation was them having a pure like them playing pyramid like, well and uh will and grace is like will's first week back is all like oh grace can't do this with nathan because she promised to do this with will right and they gotta do this and they gotta go to the barney's <laughs> sale and like it's it's so well matched mm -hmm. it's really great too because i really identified with that oh that they keep <laughs> making whenever mm -hmm. Grace realizes that she has to bail on plans with nathan because oh. we have made that oh before yeah Oh. oh, like we've made that within the last two weeks, at least once or oh, twice. Oh, we've made that within the last week, honey. Fair. Not that we generous. don't love your boyfriend, but he's so cute. He's we like him. He is acceptable. <laughs> he likes dogs. So he's I'm, not Woody Harrelson. He's not Woody Harrelson. Thank fucking God. Yeah. If you were dating some sort of like crunchy granola vegetarian with no hair and no job, I would be so judgmental. I wouldn't be dating that person. That I person know. Appeals to me in no way. Nothing about the crunchy granola appeals to either of us, yet somehow I keep dating them. <laughs> um, so what we get then is because Will and Grace aren't fighting, which is normally a source of comedy for the mm -hmm. show, we get Nathan fighting with both of them. Because yes. Nathan likes both of them now, but now I can't deal with the overlap. Yes, it's like he and Will are getting along, but he doesn't like that. He sort of feels like Will has like completely monopolized grace's time right which on the one hand i think is totally legit he's been gone for three weeks they need to catch up hello mm -hmm. but on the other hand like maybe they're taking it to like a slightly inconsiderate like level right. maybe i don't know like there were like three things that grace was like oh i can't do this with you because i'm doing this with will and, and like one of them was yoga so i'm yeah. sorry that doesn't count at least one of those things she needed to cancel with will and go do something with nathan like mm -hmm. that's that's how boyfriends work. Right. Admittedly, though, I did really think it was very funny that, like, he wakes up and thinks that Grace is in the apartment and it's Jack stealing things out of the fridge, <laughs> as Jack does. Right. And um, Jack is also kind of bitter about the fact that Will is back because that it means that Will and Grace are just Will and Gracing and right. there's no time for Jack and he doesn't <laughs> like it. Grace and Jack really always do bond when Will is gone. Yeah, they do. It's sort of like they're like, well, you're our replacement gay and <laughs> you're my replacement Will. So yeah. they just kind of like, they're sort of like um, when like your parents leave you with the babysitter and you don't normally get along with your sibling, but like right, as soon as you, the ba yep. babysitter's there, you, you team, team up. Yep. It's kind of, that's kind of Grace and Jack. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating because we get a good sense of the jealousy of the other character that yeah. I think is so, so commonly used, but not necessarily to this extent. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like every time we have a romantic relationship on this show, there's always a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we've ever seen it quite so fully fleshed out yeah, this it, year. Yeah, it was actually really, really nice to see because having, like, lived in that real-life experience before where, like, your romantic person is a little bit jealous of your boss friend, mm -hmm. it was kind of nice to see that, like, reflected on television so you don't feel, you know, kind of like a crazy person, like... Like, it's real. This this happens. Mm -hmm. Even on sitcoms. I like it. Yeah. Um, but the the jealousy comes into play eventually where Nathan's like, I need to be the person with you at Barney's. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all the characters end up at Barney's and, like, Nathan can't handle no. being with Grace. Because, like, it's kind of like a running thing. Like, Will and Grace do this every single year. Right. And apparently, 
part of the reason that they do it together is because Grace goes batshit insane at the Barney sale. <laughs> and so, like, we see this scene where basically Woody Harrelson's character is having, like, PTSD-like meltdowns because right. he just cannot handle it. Uh-huh. He just is, like, overwhelmed and overstimulated. They haven't taken a break. Um, Grace pulls a banana out of her pants at one point and tells him to eat it. <laughs> and, like, it's like, we're like sharks. We only shop and poop and shop and poop because... That's all sharks do is yes. eat. No, and, I got it. Thank you. Poop. Thank you. But anyways, Nathan can't hack it. This is not. <laughs> this is not his scenario. This is not meant for him. This, right. This is Will and Grace's thing that they do together, mm-hmm. and he should not have intruded upon that. And so he has learned his lesson. And it's a good lesson because there are some things you do with your best friend, and some things you do with your romantic partner. Yes. And mm-hmm. like you and I, as our listeners know, know that we don't think those people should be the same people. Yes. Like that's. That's just not realistic. Right. I mean, like, good for you if you really feel that way. But, like, I feel like you... also you you don't. But I feel like also you've probably neglected at least one of those two people Uh who could be the other person. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, if your best friend is also your partner, who the fuck are you going to bitch about your partner to? Right. who are you going to bitch about your best friend to? And it's really healthy to bitch about it to the other person because then the person can be like, oh, my God, stop being a moron. Or that's totally valid. You should talk to them about that. Absolutely. Like... If Hello. you don't have that other person to bounce it off of, who are you going to talk to? Your therapist? Your mother? Ugh. Gross. Don't do that. Stop. <laughs> We're really doing the in-sync thing right now. I We're like it. We're trying it. We're trying it. We're making it work. We're making it work. We didn't even try that time. It was good. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree that there there are certain things that are, are really reserved for like your best friend mm-hmm. and you. Those are things you do together that you should not bring your partner along I agree. To. And in typical sitcom fashion, when people attempt to incorporate their romantic partner into these things, it's a disaster. <laughs> but I do appreciate that it's like not a disaster because he feels left out. It's that right. he realizes this is just not his thing. Because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, crunchy granola vegetarian he's guy. He's going to the sports bar after this. Like, yeah. no, this, this it's not going to work. This was too femme for him. And like, while this was maybe like an incredibly gendered and stereotypical situation, mm-hmm. like, it... It really did, like, illuminate some of that right. some of that reality like, for me. Like, the genderedness is not great, but, like, it's still the right point, which is that, like, your best friend and your partner probably don't have the same likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would be the same person. Right. Ideally. I mean, obviously, with a different orientation, like, that's not going to work. But, like, right. I don't know. I think the average person likes things in their best friend that they don't like in their romantic partner. Yes, absolutely. And if they're too similar, you should probably talk to your shrink about that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just saying. But yeah, I mean, like, and this is something that we've even experienced in our own personal lives where we've tried to bring someone along in, like, a thing that we think is fun. Like, mm-hmm. we actually did go shopping pretty recently with my most recent ex, and it right. was it not... Right. It was not cool. It wasn't fun for anybody. Now, to be fair, it would not have been more fun if you'd gone by yourself with your ex. No, it wouldn't have been. It definitely was only fun because you were there. Yes. So that was his bad. Yes. But, I mean, like, the theory is that, like, yes, shopping is a fun thing I do with my best friend. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a thing I do with my boyfriend because my yes. boyfriend has so many shopping-related stuffs. Yeah. Gonna wash that man right out of my hair. Let's talk about Jack and Karen. <laughs> Jack and Karen are also on fire this episode. They're... It's a really strong episode for everybody. Yeah, Jack and Karen don't do a ton of interacting this episode, but uh-huh. when they do, they're pretty darn in sync. Well, and when they do interact with each other, it's with Nathan, and I think that's where this episode really hit its strike zone. Yeah. Ironically, it's it's such a Will and Grace and Nathan episode 
But the funniest bits were Nathan, Jack, and Karen. Yeah, Nathan and Jack and Karen seem to have developed some, like, really great chemistry in the break since yeah. last season. I think it's because they're all so sexual. Maybe. Because, like, they like Will and Grace are both, like, so, like, vanilla and boring. They are Whereas, incredibly like, vanilla. They're vanilla beans. Right, like, the, the longest interaction the three of them have as one unit is, like, Nathan keeps saying things and then, like, He's like, oh, no, no, you two obviously, like, think of this very sexually. Like, Mm -hmm. let me take this back and try to say it a different way. Right. And so it's very funny. But, yeah, like, he says something about, like, Grace blowing him off. And they're both like, oh. "Oh." And he's like, wrong crowd. Sorry. Yeah. And it's very funny. Because, like, it is the wrong crowd. But Mm -hmm. also it's the right crowd. It's exactly the right crowd. Because... I think if Nathan was on a show where Jack and Karen were the protagonists, I wouldn't hate him so much. I agree. I think that, well, I think part of the reason I dislike him is I don't think he's a good love interest for Grace. Mm -hmm. So that's strike one. And then there's also the fact that Will and Grace are the main characters of the show. And so he just doesn't really fit with that dynamic at all. So that's strike two. I agree. So yeah, I think if Nathan existed on the Jack and, at the Jack and Karen show, like that would be a totally different situation Mm because he wouldn't be dating either of them. Yep. And. He would just be like the weird hippie friend. Yeah, and you know what? I think Jack and Karen could totally have a weird hippie friend if they ever had a spit-off. Yeah. He's kind of like the group's Joey. Yeah, he is. But like, like, he could totally work, but in a totally different scenario. Right. Like, the thing is, like, I like Joey, but the reason Joey works is because he fulfills a very specific role in that group. Yes. In this group, they don't need that role filled. They already have Jack and Karen yeah. for that sort of, like, Like, I feel like if you look at the Friends archetypes and map them onto Will and Grace, like, you have all six, but they're mapped very differently. And no one's really that Ross, which is great. But I think Ross Will and Jack or Will and Jack, Will and Grace share the Ross. Yes, they share the Ross. But I think that's the only way to do the Ross. Because if you put all the Ross into one Ross, right. then you have Ross. Right. Ross is terrible. No one likes Ross. No one likes Ross. But like Jack is kind of like Joey and Chandler as one character, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe Joey and Phoebe. He's sort of like a Joey Phoebe Chandler sandwich. Yeah. Because like he has the goofiness of Phoebe Chandler and Joey. Chandler is definitely in the middle of the sandwich. He is. Wink, wong. <laughs> but I just mean, like, he has the sarcasm of Chandler, but uh-huh. he also has the optimism of Phoebe and mm-hmm. the sort of, like, dumb, dumb kind of lovable buffoonness of Joey. Like, he right. has all of them wrapped in together. Yes, yeah, so this makes sense. I think Karen's kind of like Rachel and Phoebe. Yes. That's, which is horrifying. It is horrifying. Okay, I'm back. I'm just trying to combine Rachel and Phoebe's names, and I just kept coming up with Rach B, and I was like, no, no, don't say that out loud. No, 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 that sounds too much like rapey. That's unclean. (laughs) It's unclean, unclean. But uh, unfortunately, we don't really see Jack and Karen together that much in this episode. No, except for the one very beautiful scene that they have. Yes. uh, Which is... It's a classic. It's a classic scene. If you're a fan of the show, you know it. It's the scene where Jack is like, I'm going to need a little money from the ATM, and then he proceeds to swipe his card through Karen's cleavage twice, and get declined. And then there are butt crack ones. And then he gets approved. Declined. Declined. Approved. Like, it's literally the clip that they show whenever they're talking about Jack and Karen's relationship. Right. Like, we literally know this because we just watched the, like, memories of Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. The Paley Center. The Paley Center. Yeah. yeah. And they literally showed that clip to d- just discuss. Duel. To discuss how great Jack and Karen's relationship is. And how they're just sort of like fireworks. So that's like the only real moment they have in this episode. But it's just such a classic and defining moment that we love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. And where it goes, we'll follow. We'll follow. We'll follow. We'll follow, and I love it. Is I can it, do the whole song. Is it weird that that was my confirmation song when I became, like, an official adult Catholic? Sorry, do you not think that Jesus was sexy when you were getting confirmed? I mean, Malibu Jesus was there. <laughs> so, like, he was pretty hot. 
but... I think that's very interesting that this season is really doubling down on um, a plotline from last year, which I didn't think it would necessarily. Yeah. Um, and it's Jack and Elliot. Yeah, Elliot's back. So that is Jack's biological son that he found out he had last season's finale. And I don't really know, from, from being the newcomer and not knowing how things go, I don't really know how involved he's going to be going forward. But I kind of at least love the idea, like, even for a season, that this character is just throwing the mix. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's different than throwing Rosario in the mix. Like, Rosario really only interacts with one character. Like, right. I feel like this kid it really has the potential to interact with all four characters on the show. Yeah, we we have some really, like, beautiful moments where, like, uh, Jack bitches to Will about how he didn't do anything to acknowledge that Jack found out he had a son. Right. And Will's like, I sent him all this French candy and comics <laughs> and a t-shirt. And Jack's like, it's so inappropriate that you sent my son a belly shirt as he's <laughs> wearing the shirt. Yeah. Like, and Karen meets him and basically pays for Jack to take him shopping, which I thought was very sweet. Right. Like, he's part of the gang, basically. Like, yeah. And then he, he meets Rosario, which is really funny because mm-hmm. Jack introduces her as his ex-wife. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. <laughs> it's just like it's such a cute dynamic to have. Yeah, and like we get to see Jack in a whole new way because mm-hmm. of it. It's 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 actually very different from Rosario. Like Rosario is a foil for Karen, yes. but Rosario doesn't bring out any new sides of Karen except like sometimes Karen has a heart. Occasionally, Karen has feelings. But like with Elliot, like Jack has an interaction with him that is so different from any interaction. It's really interesting because Jack wants everyone else to take care of him, and he's like slowly realizing like he has to take care of this small, adorable straight child yeah and i mean like it's really just very sweet to see both him and elliot trying to like get each other's approval yeah and like jack realizing that he has to be the adult in the situation Mm -hmm. and when he realizes that so he takes elliot shopping at barney's right for back to school clothes because he's like we need to do something to bond and come to find out that elliot doesn't really care for the clothes that jack is picking out for him i mean to be fair jack is picking out like acid-washed jean jackets. Yes. No one approves of that. Admittedly, there is a Ricky Martin comparison that is spot-fucking-on. Yeah. Um, And just as a reminder to everyone, this was before Ricky Martin had come out. But, like, was it, though? Exactly. Was it? Exactly. But, yeah, so we have this very sweet moment where, you know, Elliot comes out of the changing room, and Mm -hmm. he's clearly uncomfortable in the clothes that Jack had picked out for him. And he tells Jack this, and Jack's like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me... Why did you tell me you liked them before you put the put and tried, tried them all on? And Elliot's like, well, I just want you to like me. And we, we know that that's exactly what Jack has been doing by taking him shopping. Right. So we see Jack kind of have this internal moment where he's like, well, let's go buy you something that you like. Where do you normally shop? And then they're like, agree to go to Target. And Which it's, is so cute. It's so cute. And it just like melts my heart because it's it's like a really sweet way to see Jack kind of step up and be the, be mm-hmm. the grown up. And I don't really want to see Jack be the grown-up with any of the other characters. Right. I think it'd be weird if he was, like, the grown-up with Grace or the grown-up with Karen or the grown-up right. with Will. Like, that's just the wrong dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think with all those characters, he has such a well-defined dynamic where, like, he's being a baby or he's being, like, the, the needy gay. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see that he has that potential in him yeah. with another character. And, you know, uh, speaking quickly of the revival, I have seen some pictures of the actor who plays Elliot. Uh, I have, too. He's fucking hot as balls. He is really very attractive these days. And I wonder, having seen pictures of him, if that means that perhaps he will be making a return. Like, literally, like, my boyfriend and I have both looked at the pictures and been like, yeah, I'd do that. Ew. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's really gross. But whatever. That's okay. If you are interested in further thoughts on the revival, please check out our Twitter page, which um, 
Two weeks ago was mostly just me being like, ah, Ben Platt, like the whole time. <laughs> two weeks ago? That implies that it's ever stopped. I have not tweeted on the Not A Couple page <laughs> in several days about Ben Platt. Fair. You will probably tweet about it tonight, though, as we've recorded this episode. Maybe I'll tweet from my personal Twitter. I have one of those. I could use <laughs> it sometimes for reasons. Um, I guess we can talk briefly about Karen in this yes. episode. I mean, we kind of alluded that she has a plot with Rosario. Yes. It's very small, but she's just kind of like, she and Rosario are having, what, their 15-year anniversary? Yes, so Rosario and Karen have been working together for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so Rosie gets her this, like, lovely floral arrangement. Is that like the mop anniversary? I I don't know. (laughs) Literally, like, for their paper anniversary with Jack and Rosario, like, Jack got Rosario some paper towels, and she was like, (laughs) oh, good, I don't have to go to the store. Like, (laughs) it was great. But, um... But yeah, so Rosario gets Karen this nice thing, and Karen is like, oh no, I forgot. And so she agrees to take Rosario to the Barney sale, because everyone's at the Barney sale. Right. And Rosario basically spends the whole time really, really, like, taking forever to pick out what she wants. And, like, first she's got on some ugly-ass cowboy boots, and Mm -hmm. then she's wearing some, like, weird colored high heels. And then she's like, maybe I should look at jackets or blouses. And Karen's getting, like, incredible incredibly fed up <laughs> and just super duper impatient just like comically upset yes and so finally it is revealed that rosario doesn't actually want any of the stuff that karen has offered to buy her she just kind of wanted to hang out with karen and mm-hmm. then karen like just can't deal with this and in very karen fashion just like swings her purse over her shoulder and runs out yelling can't can't talk feeling something and just leaves <laughs> like well, and it's funny because I literally just, when we were watching the last episode of the revival, was like tweeting because Karen had another moment where she was like really emotional with a person. Yes. And I was like, and Karen's small heart grew three sizes that day. Right. And like, this was really the same situation where Karen like realizes that like, not only does someone care about her, but she cares about them. And it's like, oh, that feels so uncomfortable. I think I have heartburn. Right. Like, She's like, am I dying? <laughs> and we've, we've seen this before. There was an episode, I believe in season two, where she felt guilt and could not handle it. For Rosario again. For Rosario again. So Rosario really brings out a lot of feelings mm-hmm. in Karen. And so it's it's very interesting to see how their relationship will continue to progress. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I guess one other thing that I really wanted to talk about before we wrap up this episode is I just, I thought the editing of this episode was just so sharp. This episode was an incredibly sharp episode. This is probably the first episode in a long time, maybe even since that hospital episode where everyone has their own plot line. Mm-hmm. And I thought just it was really well done. Like, it made sense for all the characters to be there, even mm-hmm. more so than the hospital episode. Yeah. Um, everyone's plot felt really organic. I mean, Will was a little goofy because he had this thing where he was, well, like, he was wearing, wearing ladies' jeans. jeans. And it was ha-ha-ha, very funny. But Grace's plot line was really solid and really yeah. relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack and Elliot had a great dynamic. Karen and Rosario. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like anyone was getting shortchanged by the setup. No, I agree. It really... It felt like just such a a very solid and evenly distributed episode. Mm -hmm. Like, there was nothing about this that I went, oh, could have used a little bit more, or I could have used a little less of that. Well, and and funnily enough, like, I was thinking with the revival that some of their editing between scenes seemed a little fast. Mm -hmm. And so for this to be our first episode back was kind of funny, because I'm like, okay, like, clearly this was the case in the past, too. Mm -hmm. Like, this is easily faster than the average episode we've seen of the revival so far out of the three Mm-hmm. Um, just like cutting back and forth from bit to bit, even like cutting off in the middle of a joke sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. 
I think this uh, part of the thing that happens here is that this is about the time that Gilmore Girls comes on the scene. So we get a little bit of a speed up in a a few sitcoms. Not all Uh the time and not consistently across the board, but all of a sudden with the introduction of the fast-talking Gilmore Girls, we have a lot more like pickup in in a lot of shows. I wouldn't be surprised if in this particular episode, there was a lot of deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like they had a lot of material that they filmed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were just like, well, let's film a bunch of vignettes for everyone and we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's kind of like throwing pasta at a wall and see what sticks or exactly. whatever. But yeah, no. I just overall thought this was a very solid episode. It's probably been my favorite season premiere that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I and, think so too. I think it's definitely my favorite. And if I remember correctly, this season is like a really good season to look forward to. Okay. Is there anything in particular you think I should look forward to? Um, I think you should look forward to seeing a little bit more of Elliot. <gasps> Yay. Well, he's a regular, right? I can't promise you that. I think he's a regular. But he's there a lot. <laughs> and there's some fun guest stars. Okay. It's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I'm waggling my eyebrows at him. <laughs> Waggle. <laughs> all right. I think that's all the time we have. Uh, Tess, do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet? And yeah. And maybe how they can give us some donations? Yes. Fabulous. All right. So if you want to find us on the internet, our primary social media page is our Twitter page, which is at Not A Couple Show. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Not A Couple. Um, we're on Tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. Um, we have a Patreon page, which I believe is just patreon.com slash not a couple, um, where if you want to contribute, you can, but you're certainly not required to, but <laughs> we'd love you lots and lots if you did, because you help us continue to make this show happen. Mm-hmm. Just happen. Just happen in general. Just like happen in general. Baseline. But yeah, we have tons of social media. We're constantly tweeting and reblogging stuff on the internet. We have a lot of opinions. A lot of <laughs> we have a lot of opinions. We have a lot of opinions. We do. I mean, it's, there's no denying it's that. It's very true. And also, we live tweet every episode of the revival. So yes, as best you, we can. As best we can. Last week we had like a brief moment where our our connection with the television wasn't working because mm. Matthew and I are one of those people who don't have cable, so we have an antenna. And our antenna fell down. Yes. So there was a panicked moment where Matthew was holding it up mm-hmm. while I was tweeting one-handed. Mm-hmm. But we got it done and it, we made it happen. And so it was for you, dear listeners. It was all for you. So yes, we live tweet every episode of The Revival using the hashtag Will and Grace. So you can check that out on our Twitter page. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, we will be back next week and we will be talking about season four for several several weeks now Mm -hmm. um so tune in to listen to our thoughts about that yeah all right thanks so much for listening everybody i'm matthew i'm tess and this has been not a couple bye-bye this week's episode of not a couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat hello eliza welcome to season four this episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by the Bank of Karen, where you can always get your credit card transactions denied, denied, approved.